Coming up on Tech News Today, the Sony PlayStation Network outage is because of a hacker intrusion that only reveals a few things about you. Well, just mostly everything. We'll, we'll tell you. Might not be credit cards. Also, SETI has gone to an answering machine because they can't afford to listen for the calls anymore. And the face box. All that more coming up. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Tech News Today is provided by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Tech News Today for Tuesday, April 26, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy online invoicing service that gets you paid quickly and makes you look professional. Get started with a free package at FreshBooks.com. Welcome to Tech News Today. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Sarah Lane. I'm Maya Zachar. And I'm Jason Howell. And this is the show where we take tech news, we put it up against a wall and say, Why did you do this? Oh, Look I what you've say, done, Tech News. And, and we fire on it. We fire. <laughs> we when give I, a cigarette blindfold. <laughs> what are your last wishes, Tech News? <laughs> on the tombstone on my pizza. You've broken your last story. Uh, PlayStation <laughs> Network and Curiosity still down. People, for, I think this is all a branding play for Curiosity. Because people are like, what? What was it before? What was that? Now you know. Well, it, it, it was it was curiosity, but nobody had heard of it. Uh, PlayStation Network still down, and finally, Sony has got some details up on the PlayStation blog. Nothing to be worried about, except that there is. It's it's all going to be fine. Except uh, that it's not. They did discover that between April seventeenth and April nineteenth, certain PlayStation Network and Curiosity service user account information was compromised. What with, kind of there data? There was an unauthorized intrusion. It's just your name, okay, address. Mm -hmm. Country, email address, oh. birth date, oh. uh, user password and login, uh, online ID, uh, possibly your purchase history, your billing address, uh, your security answers to your password. Well, at least Whoa. it's not credit card yeah. data. That would, that would concern me. There is me. no evidence at this time that credit card data was taken, but they can't rule out the possibility. Oh, So burn. they have a long... Long explanation of what to do in case your identity is stolen as part of their blog yeah, post. Yeah, considering all the data they have, the security questions and everything, that means somebody could try to apply for your credit card again or a duplicate card because they're like, hey, what, what are your security answers? Well, I have those mm. thanks to this little this crack. Well, uh, they have the good. security answers to your PlayStation account. Well, assuming people don't use the same kind of questions, which they never do, right? Never. That would be bad practice. Like, you know, uh, what's your mother's maiden name? Where's right. the, where were you born? That kind of stuff. No. That's never reused. I see what you mean. Mm. So at the very least, um, you might expect to get a lot more junk mail. And at the very worst, you have a real privacy issue on your hands. <laughs> yeah, at the, yeah, at the very worst, uh, your entire identity has been stolen because of, of Sony. Uh, they, they Again, they're being very cagey about this. And they're saying, we don't think any credit card data was taken, but we can't well, be if certain they, Well, that. if they don't know either way, then they can say, <laughs> we're really pretty sure that it hasn't been taken. Just not 100%. Yeah, uh, so it, this is a PR disaster yeah. uh, for Sony, and uh, all of the theories about why this is happening uh, can be narrowed down now. There was, a, there was a big theory up on Reddit that we were kicking around earlier this morning about the idea that somebody had gotten a hold of a, of a debug uh, version and cracked it so that they could 
come in and steal games and pirate games uh, doesn't this uh, doesn't fit what Sony said today. This just looks like an actual hacker intrusion. Somebody cracked the system, got in and stole a bunch of data. Yeah. And I, isn't uh, the latest that they expect to be up and running within a week? But, I mean, what are we, six days in running now of the yeah. network being completely down? On a, on, as we mentioned before, on, on a weekend when two big games that have online play elements, Portal 2 and Mortal Kombat, launched. So this is, this is not, not going well. And granted, PlayStation Network is free, unlike the Xbox Live network that you have to pay for. Uh, but at a certain point, you've got an expectation that you're going to buy a Sony game, you're going to be able to play it online. Now, a lot of folks have also been mentioning, wow, this is really bad for Netflix because folks who have a right. PS3 and Hulu. use their uh, PlayStation credentials to access their Netflix account, now they can't do that. But Jason, you had mentioned yesterday that it's like, this might not apply to everybody, but you can almost bypass your PlayStation credentials. Yeah, well, you, you log into the Netflix um, app on the PS3, and it, it will search for your credentials. And basically, I just kind of canceled out of that a couple of times. And, and I ended up through. in my queue, and I watched a movie. Huh. Uh, but, you know, it's done that before this ever happened. So I don't know if that's just something... You've done it before when a PlayStation Network's been down before? No, no, when the, when I haven't signed into the PlayStation Network. Oh, you mean you were... And right. I had a hard time signing in, but I kept canceling out to go out to the main menu to sign in, but I did it wrong, and it still let me in, even though I hadn't signed in. My that guess is in. that it probably checks all the time, but it has a, has a fail-safe that allows you to play it mm -hmm. if you've already signed in before. Whereas if you're trying to sign up for Netflix now or link your account yeah, now, I bet right. that wouldn't work. Yeah. Uh, that that would be my guess. Certainly didn't stop me from watching a movie this week. Yeah, in the chat room that Hulu sure. Plus doesn't work either right now. Right. You have to sign up for PSN Plus, and obviously that's down as part of PlayStation Network. And that is something, unlike Netflix, you have to pay for PlayStation Network Plus. Right. So to get Hulu mm -hmm. Plus, it's going to have to verify that you're a PlayStation Network Plus member in good standing, and it can't do that. Yeah, so class action lawsuit in three. Oh, two. Those are the, the uh, you know the lawyers are already drawing up those briefs mm -hmm. right now. In other news, YouTube finally goes Hollywood with more movies on demand. Now we we've reported on YouTube doing movies on demand before, but they've always been from certain small production houses, independent movies, trial uh, behavior. This seems to be a deal uh, that is being reported on TheWrap.com, as well as confirmed by Peter Kafka over at All Things D. That would include Sony, Warner Brothers, Universal, Lionsgate, and several other indies, uh, and really beef up the selection on YouTube to make it competitive with the other movie rental sources online right now. Yeah, so it would be, I mean, iTunes is downloads, Netflix is subscription model, and this would be streaming. So it makes a lot of sense that YouTube could make its mark in this way. Uh, but yeah, you have to have the support of all the studios. Paramount's not going to play nicely oh, no. because they're suing Yeah, Google, Viacom right? owns Paramount. Viacom's still suing YouTube. Yeah, and then um, uh, some sources are saying that Fox is on board. You know, That's I'm, unconfirmed. Yeah. All of this is, none of, uh, we should point out, YouTube is not, Google has not a, a confirmed like, any of this. This is speculation and we don't comment on speculation. Yeah, YouTube says we've been adding thousands of movies to our awesome movie rental service all the time. But I mean, it, it would be absolutely ridiculous for YouTube not to be actively working on this exact deal. Nobody is really watching their yeah. small collection of movies that My they have on offer to rent right now. So obviously they're testing it out with this in mind. My guess is the movie studios aren't ready for this to go public or maybe the last page of the last deal is not signed so they can't come out and admit it. 
and we'll be seeing them making a big deal out of it soon. Well, does, does this even really matter? I mean, there's a lot of other services out there. You can rent on Amazon. You can rent on iTunes. You can rent. I mean, obviously, there's Netflix and subscription there's models. Voodoo, but there's, and there's yeah, Hulu Walmart's Plus, behind that now. There's, so there's, you know, yeah. there's so many other options. I know in the rap, they were, they were talking to a representative, and they were like, "We're really excited. There's a, there's another venue." And Peter Kafka had this other quote from another exec saying. Yeah, there's 40,000 companies who do this already. This isn't that big a deal. I mean, I'm kind of excited just because that means, theoretically, the movie studios are actually going, hey, look, every venue, you can get our content. Less reason to steal, no, no need for piracy. You can access it. Every venue will have our limited windowed content that is pulled out whenever there is a broadcast premiere exclusive or it's going to be made available on a plane or... <laughs> and yeah. that's why, I, I, even when I see all these deals, I still kind of go back to DVDs and Blu-ray. At least... All the studios are there. You can find them. You can go on Netflix. Or you can go to an actual store and get them. But well, YouTube's also YouTube. They're not one of the what forty thousand other VOD services. This a is lot true. of people use yeah. YouTube. Um, they've got the strengths in their numbers, and if they can just get people to be, um, I mean, they're buying or renting movies um, one by one rather than a subscription model. And people already think of YouTube as video. Yeah, it's not like they Facebook think of it coming as along. Video. Do they think of well, it as, I want to pay $5 yeah. for a video, well, yeah. for a movie? Would it help uh, Google TV at all, you think? I mean, Google TV's kind of been floundering a bit. If they had movie rentals from these major studios, maybe people would have a reason to use the Sony TV with the baked-in Google TV. Absolutely. I, I think, think so. Yeah, I mean, my first reaction when I heard about this was, okay, so I could stream a movie on my YouTube app on my iPad and then use AirPlay to send it to my TV... But why would Apple go for that? Because that's a direct competitor to iTunes. But on a Google TV, that makes perfect sense. Or if I've got a YouTube, uh, if I've got a YouTube icon on a Sony uh, or a Panasonic television, mm -hmm. that's that's part of one of those little widgets right. that you have there. I can see that being built in. I can also see Apple saying, "Yeah, you can watch YouTube on an Apple TV, except for their movie rental service." And I could see YouTube uh, pulling the app from Roku that was unofficial. Because they want to have a have an ability to collect money for these things, so you could expect a different app on Roku. But none of this stuff is universal yet. I, no. This is just you know, it's one of those things YouTube should have done a long time ago. It's kind of odd to see them go from this whole copyright infringement you know nightmare years ago, and now they're saying pretty much. We're going to charge you to watch video. And it's kind of an interesting shift in the culture of what YouTube used to be. Used to get TV shows that way. Or they, then they would take them down. It'd be 15-minute increments, those kinds of things. It's just, I'm just really curious to see how people are looking at YouTube now as a legitimate you know, uh, thing with Google behind it. Also, uh, Emma, uh, we, we should point out Disney not being reported as part of this either. Yeah, Steve Jobs, the oh, right. largest individual shareholder of Disney. He's, maybe. A, he's a chairman, is yeah. he not? Something like that. Something He's on the board. Like, He's definitely on the board. So that's why iTunes and Disney always seem to work together so well. Mm. <laughs> Maybe not this one. It is interesting. Amazon.com taking on Apple, uh, trying to get the courts to toss out Apple's App Store trademark suit. Uh, if you remember, Apple is suing Amazon over using the term App Store to describe the Amazon Android marketplace. Oh, it's not an Android marketplace because that's, that's confusing because that's what Google calls it. It's Amazon's App Store for Android. Amazon says we should be able to call it App Store, and they actually cite Steve Jobs on an earnings call talking about competing app stores as evidence, saying, look, Steve even uses it Yeah, he said, he said, so there will be at least four app stores on Android, which customers must, must search along to find the app they want. Developers will need to work 
with to distribute their apps and get paid. It's going to be a mess for both users and developers. Contrast this with Apple's integrated app store, which offers users the easiest to use, largest app store, blah, 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 blah. I mean, Amazon has a point here. He is specifically referring to Amazon App Store, Android App Store, Apple App Store. Um, obviously, when he says Apple App Store, he's referring to the App Store of Apple, but they all are app stores. All right, Ayaz, uh, is, is this going to work? Is Amazon going to be able to convince the judge that just toss the, the lawsuit well, based on Steve Jobs talking on an earnings film? Intellectual property is not my expertise, but I know a little bit about it, so i got to say that's up first. Now, the generic, like a true lawyer. the generic argument is quite good. <laughs> the generic argument, they give the definition of what an app is, what a store is. This is pretty descriptive. But just because you have a descriptive trademark doesn't mean that you can't have a trademark on it, okay? It could just be a really weak one, which means they probably can't get other places to stop calling it app stores. The fact that Steve Jobs called it an app store in generic one guy is not enough to make a generic, even if it is Steve Jobs and, you know, he's the almighty. But flat out, he's it's not It's one of those enough. things that it's kind of, uh, uh, it, it's good, good PR to be like, look, even the guy who's suing us about this calls it an app store generically. But that doesn't hold any extra weight in court. Right, it shouldn't. Okay. It really shouldn't. It's, it's sort of like, what, what should it be called if it's not an app? Because it certainly is a store. I mean, store, we all have to agree. Certainly selling applications. Got the trademark on that one as well. <laughs> no, I don't buy it. Apple Retail Store is trademarking retail store. And they'll just change the name to iStore if they lose this. I mean, who, who are we kidding, right? Like, Let's just keep it an app store. Why not? Everybody's going to think, here's the thing. Even if they lose this trademark, and this is no reason for them to drop the suit, but even if they lose the suit, it actually benefits them. Because when you say app store, people think Apple right now. That can change, obviously. But for now, when you say App Store, people think Apple. So if Amazon's out there saying App Store, it's going to be spreading a little bit of Apple's mind share around. Well, either way, I mean, if this goes away, I'm kind of glad then we don't have to worry about, is it Nook's App Shop? Is it Android's App Marketplace? Is Ye it, old App Shoppy. Is it, is it mm -hmm. actually, what's Windows? Windows Market? Or is it Marketplace? No, it's Windows App. App oh, they store. want App Store as well. Right, right. they're because, also suing because that's why they're they're suing. Well, they're they're filing to prevent the trademark being granted. Right. So hopefully this will get cleared up and we don't have to remember all the different names. All right, let's take a uh, quick break and uh, give you a way that you don't have to remember all the names you're billing for by thanking our sponsor FreshBooks for their support of Tech News Today. If you're a small business owner, consultant, consultant, freelancer, freelance consultant, or just, just you run some kind of business where you need to write invoices, FreshBooks is an online invoice service that takes away the headaches. It's like morphine for your invoicing headaches. They probably don't want me to relate them to an illegal drug, but legally prescribed painkillers. Hey, if you break your leg, yeah. it's not your fault. But if you, you break, if you break your head by fretting over invoices, it might be your fault if you didn't try FreshBooks. <laughs> so you, you want to give, give them a shot. Uh, it, it, it really is pretty good. Uh, I, I use it all the time. You create professional-looking invoices. Uh, so, so they look so much better than the crappy little PDF that I had put together myself. Uh, out of an office template. This, this looks like a real company is doing it. You can add your logo to it. They send out the invoice either by email or for an extra uh, charge. They'll actually print it out and put it in an envelope and send it. Then they follow up. If They know the due date. They know what you're charging. If you don't get paid, they follow up and say, hey, why hasn't this guy get paid? Come on. Pay up here. Uh, they, they accept the payments. They might. I don't think they break no. anybody's legs. No. Uh, let's just be clear. FreshBooks break never breaks with people's with legs. cakes. Uh, they, with, uh, they cakes do, and they kindness. They do the dirty work. You don't have exactly. to be the pass. Uh, you can, they, your clients can pay by Visa. They can play, pay by PayPal. Uh, there's 11 other electronic payment services that they can use. And uh, all of this is free for up to three clients. 
and the, the packages are very affordable if you have more than three clients. So try them out today. Tell them TNT sent you, and you could win a birthday cake. They're still giving away free cakes. That's right. You get a, you could get a free cake for trying it, so there's no reason not to. Thanks to FreshBooks for their support and understanding. On to Facebook, uh, starting their own deal service. This this is I, I feel like we've gone into the new era. It used to be um, microblogging. Yes. Everybody was doing microblogging, and before that, everybody was doing social networks. Now everyone's doing deal sites. Groupon has led the way, living social on their heels. Now Facebook has started a deal service. Trials are available to citizens of Atlanta, Austin, Dallas, San Diego. And San Francisco. You signed up for the San Francisco one. What, what does it look like? I did. Um, you know, I made the mistake of when it when I initially signed up, it said, you choose San Francisco and you also want to choose your zip code. And I said, no, let's just do San Francisco. Unfortunately, it's the entire Bay Area. So many of these deals, you know, something in Walnut Creek, which is, oh, I don't know, an hour driveway. I'm like, oh, I'm never going to, you know, uh, get Dorito on that. Dorito Brothers has great financing on cars. As we all Creek. know in settings and Facebook, it's like once you've set something, then it takes all day <laughs> yeah. to try to yeah. reset it. So I can't figure out where to find that zip code. But it looks really nice. Um, if you, if you want to participate, the deals are uh, very reminiscent um, of of the way that Groupon or Living Social or other deals work. This is not to be confused with Facebook check-in deals, which work more like the way Foursquare or location-based oh, right. check-ins work. I missed work. one when I went in my little history. After microblogging, before deals came geolocation. Geolocation. <laughs> this is just coupons, basically. The thing about Facebook, where, where, where they'll really shine, is that uh, these deal sites tend to work really well on word of mouth. If there's a really good deal, you guys haven't heard of it, you're not going to Groupon, maybe you've, you've opted out of the daily newsletter, but I say on Twitter, for example, oh my gosh, great deal at the donut shop, you know, 10 donuts for five. And everybody signs up because you wouldn't have known about it otherwise. Facebook's got the whole news feed and however many, 65 million sounds, users. It sounds like they're going to be targeting group-like discounts so that you and all your friends on Facebook can go to the bowling alley and get $10 yeah. off shoe rental or there something. There was a whitewater rafting oh, trip that, that showed up on my front page that a few of my friends had already liked where it's like you'd have to have 12 people sign up together and everybody enjoys a day on the American River and so on and so forth. You do have to have friends. You do have to have, work. you have to have, well, you don't have to have friends, but you're going to have a lot more um, deals that You're going to save up. more money the more friends you have. It rewards the social. That's right. Yeah. Unlike, uh, unlike Groupon and uh, Living Social, this isn't just like a one deal a day kind of thing. You show up to Facebook.com slash deals and you get a whole bunch of things. I'm looking at it right now. There's food and drink. There's three of those events and activities. You can like these things. You can buy them. I mean... I always wondered about the whole Groupon thing in general where they're like, oh, refer your friends and like you harass them through email. And this makes a lot more sense since you have the walls and you have this ability to instantly share because then you can share it once you actually click on the deal. So it's, it's, it seems like it fits so well with Facebook. The like button does seem a little spammy in this sense though because it's like, I'm either going to buy a deal or I'm not. If I, but if I like the deal, then all of a sudden it's on my news page, yeah. and then it's sort of propagating throughout Facebook. You know, it's it seems. Well, you can click share just to your friends right there. You can do that. As I well. also, I mean, I still have a problem with the idea of buying deals. Why I know it's the more you spend, the more you save situation. Well, some people are more shop happy than you. They I guess. are. Uh, also, the other thing that bothers me is there's so many of these damn things now. I can't keep track of them. Uh, there's not only Groupon and, and Living Social, but there's also every store, your grocery store, your drug store, the bookstore, the electronic store. They all have their rewards programs and then they send you deals and discounts and like, oh, and you have no idea what the cheapest one is. 
and my old friend Rafe Needleman over there at CNET uh, wrote up a profile of a company called Choose On today. That's, of course, Choose On with a Z and a capital O. Mm. Uh aggregates data from all of these deal sites, including Apple, Lego, Walmart, Groupon, and allows you to pick stuff that you want to track, and it'll tell you what the, where you can get the best deal. Lego yeah. has daily deals? Surprise. <laughs> I had no idea. You also have the couponing sites. like Today, we 10 Legos for the price of five. <laughs> I've been waiting for that red square brick to go down in price. Yes. And Such a good deal. And now you know where to go. You don't have to check lego.com all the time, apparently. Yeah, Chuzon's got also has like Retail Me Not and a whole bunch of these other coupon sites on top of that. So it's there's so many different ways you can get a deal. So like to look up all the work, like to do all the work, all the legwork, this is actually a great idea, I think. You do have to spend some time setting it up. You have to put in all of your your numbers right. from all of these different services and uh, and, and authorize them numbers. to access your, your mm -hmm. balances mm -hmm. and everything. Uh, but once you do it, it sounds like it might be worth it. Although they don't, have Facebook integrated in. So that's the one deal site that you're not going to get. That, and choosing. it's in alpha, so you can sign up for that if you want to try it out. It's not available to everyone just yet. That's actually a really good idea. I can see Choose On then now having to compete with all the other aggregate deal aggregation sites uh, sooner rather than later. Well, they could be a meta aggregator we of aggregators. We do an even better aggregation of all your coupon deals. A curated aggregator. We, we aggregate the aggregators. Who thought we'd all just end up a bunch of coupon clippers? Online. I still don't think we will. <laughs> this, well, this one's going to fall Groupon's like a house of cards. IPO may disagree with you. Yeah, but like an IPO's never gone bad. It's true. <laughs> All right, let's get to some, uh, some better, more solid news. Sony is launching a couple of Android tablets later this year. This is official, not a rumor. Uh, they showed them off at a news conference in Tokyo. There is a, the S1 a wedge-shaped 9.4-inch display, uh, infrared to control the components, and the S2, a dual 5.5-inch display, foldable model. The, it's like a clamshell. Actually, a lot of people are saying it looks kind of like a burrito when it's folded up. Uh, they both have Honeycomb, Android 3.0. Uh, they're both PlayStation certified. They have Tegra 2 processors inside, and they come with DLNA. Uh, so that's kind of uh, the more open version of AirPlay. It's not open in any sense, but more people use it than just Apple. AirPlay is only used by Apple. Uh, and they expect it to launch in the fall or possibly a little later. They're going to have Wi-Fi and cellular versions of it. I'm kind of excited about these things. I took a look at these. I watched the videos a couple of times. I, I looked at them. DLNA support I thought was kind of neat because that's an industry standard in consumer electronics. Now, granted, I did mention that to my wife this morning, and she's like, is that the Copyright Act? I'm like, no, it's the DMCA. DLNA, you have a branding problem. Right. DLNA is kind of like AirPlay, like you were saying, but it works with a lot more brands. So if you have a Samsung TV and you're watching something on your Sony tablet, you can just send it over. I kind of like that because I'm kind of surprised that other tablets don't have that built in. Uh, on top of that, I kind of really like the clamshell-based one. I just thought... I don't know. I have to see it in action. My initial reaction is... Uh, I don't know. It just kind of looks like a mess. I want one big... But I, I guess that you could run... I don't know, a browser in one of the windows and be playing a game in the I other. I just think it makes more sense than that. Remember that Sony VIOP was that really thin um, ultra, like it wasn't a UMPC, but it was a really small laptop, kind of the same form factor. I just thought this made more sense. If you're going to have a tablet, why not start experimenting with the form factors? We've seen, we've seen all, all of these look the same. Here's a 9.4 inch screen. It's got a black bezel. Here you go. 
they all look exactly the same. That's I'd, very true. I just admire the fact that trying something different, and maybe I could run two applications at once with this kind of thing. I do think the S1 is probably going to be the more successful just because people, that, that's what people are used to. That's what they're looking mm -hmm. for. Uh, but I, I think you're right. It's good to try something new. So it's a good mix here. Sources told Engadget back in February uh, when this was still just a rumor that the, the clamshell one would be $600 and the 9.4-inch the tablet would be $700. Those are, those are high prices. Well, I mean, well, I, we don't know if they're true prices. We'll but see what the pricing would be. They're but, not cheaper than anything else. But for, for Sony to wait for Honeycomb to be mature, because this isn't launching until fall or later. So Honeycomb was rushed out with, with the Zoom, and that didn't do so high because it wasn't fully done mm -hmm. yet. And for Sony to wait, actually, I think that's pretty intelligent because normally yeah. they try everything and it, well, like let's, the PSP Go didn't work so well. Yeah. This is, I think, actually a smart move to wait. Riding the wave. Although it's awfully early to announce something that's not going to come out until so much later in the year. But That's a little, yeah, you're right. It's a little unusual. But, but I think you're right. I think it's good to ride the wave and wait till well, the kinks know, have been worked out by the Motorola's Sony's, and LG's. Given Sony's bad PR as of late, this is at least some good news on the horizon. Yes, right. <laughs> it's some balance to the yeah. force. Oh, yeah, none, none of your accounts will be secure <laughs> on the tablet. Sorry. You'll uh, love the clamshell, though. <laughs> If aliens call, we aren't going to pick up the phone. Why? Because they're shutting down the part of the Allen Telescope Array in Northern California that listens to extraterrestrial signals. Oh, great. Now they're going to call. <laughs> exactly. And we won't be That's, listening. Like, this is all we ever needed to we do. We got your right signal. Here. <laughs> Why aren't you answering? Uh, it's, it's aliens law. It's Stop because, because they, they can't call. make the budget. Now, there are other parts of this array that are, that are used by the uh, University of California, and because of the budget problems in the state of California, they can't fund the operation of the array. And the SETI portion had never planned for that. They assumed that the California portion would pay for, you know, keeping it going, and that they, they just needed to raise funds for the actual search and processing of signals. And now it turns out California can't afford to keep it going, so they're putting up a donation page saying, gosh, you know, we know a billionaire set this up, but he's too busy making fun of Bill Gates these days in his book, so we need your money. Each dollar you donate buys four million channel scrutiny of a single world. Now, Paul Allen, he bankrolled the initial construction of this, and he has a great quote. It's a very, very long shot, and if they do hear something, they're supposed to call me. But my BlackBerry, nothing. It's not even vibrating. No, imagine, which is weird because he has a BlackBerry, not a Windows phone. No, imagine how all of our lives would be stimulate, stimulated and changed if there were other societies out there beyond our solar system. So you could be responsible if you donate for uh, a call to Paul Allen. Maybe Paul Allen could donate on my behalf. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think he might owe me a buck. Is he that busy making fun of Bill Gates? I feel like Well, maybe, maybe with the proceeds has... of his book, he'll refund SETI. Well, in any case, it's unfortunate that... Um, that they uh, have budget troubles, but a dollar, yeah. I'd be happy to donate a dollar. One million channels. There's lots of uh, good things to donate to these days. Lots of, you know, don't forget Haiti. Don't forget New Zealand. Absolutely. Don't forget Australia with the floods. Don't Japan. forget Japan uh, with the tsunami and the earthquake there, obviously. Uh, but you know what? You know, once, once you've got the bigger priorities out of the way, if you still got a buck left, this is worth taking a look at, in my opinion. All right. We have a new little segment we want to introduce here. A lot of times we have these Nielsen surveys and ComScore numbers and search engine rankings, and we feel like, gosh, you know what? We don't really want to spend a ton of time going over this stuff, but we want to keep up on it. We want to report on it. Uh, so we're putting it together in a uh, non-regular segment. We won't be doing it every day, but when it is required, we will tell you the stories by the numbers. A Nielsen survey is out today saying that Android is slipping ahead of iOS in desire. 
31.1% of surveyed folks say they want the next smartphone to be an Android device. That's up from 25.5% when last polled in July through September 2010. 30% said iPhone. That's down from 32.7%. So Android just slips in in front of them by 1%. 20% said not sure. There was also some, some bigger numbers when they looked at what people are buying in the past month. Smartphone market share amongst recent acquirers is 50% Android, 25% Apple iOS, and 15% BlackBerry. My question is, how many desirers will buy the HTC Desire? <laughs> that's not on the chart. Too oh. small. Darn. <laughs> I'm sure Microsoft's excited about this 20% not sure, though. I mean, that's a pretty open space right there for them, them to get some market share. You know what, though? The last time they did the survey was right around the time that a new iPhone was coming out. And this time they're doing the survey at a time when it doesn't sound like we're going to get a new iPhone until later. And that obviously affects the desire side of things. Also, tons of good Android phones now versus, you know, there were a handful. Now you've got the Desire and, and, and the, the Samsung Nexus S and the Thunderbolt. And you've got, you've got a lot more to choose from. So I, I, could, I see Android continuing to increase this share. But I think the 50% mark has to do with the age of the iPhone. Also in the numbers, AppCelerator did their quarterly survey of developers, and things came out much better for Apple here. Apple is the leader in dev interest. 85% of devs say they're very interested in writing for Android phones, but that's down 2%. 71% of devs say they're very interested in writing for Android tablets, although that is also down 3%. 91% of devs are very interested in writing for the iPhone. 86% very interested in writing for the iPad. Uh, the iPad number is down 1%, uh, as well as that 91%. So devs just are less interested in everything. <laughs> so we're what tired. What it amounts to. We've got an app in every store, and we're not interested. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see why, um, why the iPhone is still at the top spot. I mean, it's got the biggest app store, and the more apps you have, the more developers get something out of it, and the more people are going to the app store regularly. So it's all kind of... That's where all the monetary the success stories come from. Exactly. That At least thus far. I mean, that'll change in the next year as well. Yeah. Developing for all those form factors on Android, not exactly very easy. Everything is kind of fragmented and not just form factor, but also in what distribution is out. Yeah. No, that, 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 is a, that is a widely debated and discussed uh, difficulty that, that people have. Obviously, you should listen to All About Android if you want to hear more about that. There you go. Plug. Mondays. Jason cries about the App Store every Monday. Uh, and finally, oh estimates God. from Global Equities puts Zoom sales, the Motorola tablet, at 5 to 15% of all Zooms manufactured. Uh, they did a little backing out at All Things D of what this would mean, and that turns out that 500 to 800,000 are estimated to have been manufactured. So they've sold between 25 and 120,000 Zooms. So we if can expect many discounted Zooms? If the BlackBerry Playbook sold 50,000 in the first weekend, which I kind of think that's a channel number, not a sales number, mm -hmm. but still, that puts it right up there with the Zoom as far as sales. Wow. And I think the Zoom is a better tablet. We'll more on that it's later. still not baked, though. I mean, it's missing a lot of key features when it was first released, and that probably hurt its sales a lot. It yeah, might. it's kind of, it's yeah. like a movie's opening weekend, right? I mean, the Zoom got a lot of bad press, and a lot of people didn't go in to buy it the yeah. next week. And Playbook got even worse press. On now to the news views. 
Apple and Google are stocking up on aspirin, nay, morphine, to deal with headaches over geolocation. Senator Al Franken has called upon Apple and Google to participate in a hearing with the Judiciary Subcommittee on Privacy, Technology, and the Law. That hearing will take place on May 10th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Companies have not said if they will attend or not. They're not being subpoenaed, so they don't have to if they don't want to. What is it with you and morphine today? Nah. Do you have an opiate problem? I've got a headache the size of Montana. <laughs> well, it's a good thing that Microsoft doesn't record physical locations of customers who use its mobile OS the way that Apple and Google do. What a headache that would be. Oh, wait. This just in. Oh, actually, they do. They oh. do record the data. Right. Windows Phone 7 data dumps include unique device IDs, Wi-Fi network info, and GPS details. However, Microsoft does say its location histories aren't saved directly on the device the way they are on iOS and Android. Right. They don't record you the same way. Mm -hmm. It's totally different. Yeah. Splitting hairs. LG's getting in the wow. chip business. The Korean company announced today it's licensing the ARM Cortex A15 and... Mali T604 graphics designs in order to begin cranking out its own mobile processors. LG's tablets currently use NVIDIA Tegra chips. This isn't good news for Intel because they've been trying to get into that whole mobile space for a long time, and now another manufacturer is going with ARM. More Windows 8 leaks for y'all. Tom Warren at Win Rumors reports Microsoft is currently working on a new feature for Windows 8 named History Vault. The feature will give Windows 8 users some functionality similar to Apple's Time Machine, like the ability to restore to a specific time or date on the system and the ability to select files and restore them to different timestamps. Win Rumors previously reported the feature's existence, uh, but now they have visual evidence thanks to the leak of Windows 8 Build 7955. Could they call it Ye Old History Vault? That I actually think With would work scroll. out really well. Al Capone's History Vault. <laughs> Twitter listened to user complaints about the now failed <coughs> Dick Bar project, but that doesn't mean that they've abandoned mobile altogether. No, Twitter Vice President of Engineering Michael Abbott said at VentureBeat's Mobile Summit on Monday that mobile is a huge priority. And while they're messing around with HTML5, it's not quite there yet, so expect them to work hard on improving apps. Yeah, their mobile site's a mess. Uh, Amazon reported earnings today, and investors were caught by surprise. Amazon earned 44 cents on a share on revenue of $9.86 billion. Wall Street wanted 61 cents a share on revenue of $9.52 billion. So they made more money, but not enough profit, meaning analysts didn't expect Amazon to spend so much. Amazon said it's got some hot investments to improve profitability in the future, so stop your griping, investors. We got some hot investments. Don't worry. It's yeah, great. Got a good thing. I know We've a been guy. On a horse. You know the horse. He's gonna let me in. A regular good deal. It's a sure thing. It's a total sure thing. <laughs> uh, hey, remember that new voice calling service on Facebook from T-Mobile? It's Bob part of their sled. new bobsled thingy. Yeah. Uh, hope you got a chance to try it because it's gone. According to Bobsled, the service has been temporarily suspended over quote design questions from Facebook. Apparently, Zuck's young bucks want to make it clear that Bobsled is not. An official Facebook property. They have nothing to do with it. Because, you know, trying to strike this sweet deal with Skype over here. And Bob said it's totally embarrassing them in front of their cool new friends. So stop it, okay? Yes. Sucks young bucks. <laughs> You're just full of them today. I'm full of it. That's true. Governments that want to communicate electronically with their citizens sometimes run into issues when not all of their citizens have email addresses. So Malaysia has a fix. Free email to every Malaysian adult citizen at myemail.my will be the new address. So you can reserve yours now by inserting a smart card into a reader or presenting it in person if you're Malaysian and if you don't have government paranoia issues. Couldn't they just sign up for Hotmail or 
Yahoo Mail. Apparently or not. Gmail. No, Malaysia's government is going to do it their way. Okay. I like the dot .my. I wouldn't mind having that. Uh, well, maybe want, you should move to Malaysia. I want to go to. Mal I want to become a Malaysian citizen so I can register o.my. <laughs> Just have a picture yeah. of George Takei. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. I am surprised they haven't thought of that. <laughs> maybe they have. Uh, finally, today, Facebook Facebook is actually an appropriate name for this. Facebook box. Prince, what does this thing do? It brings Facebook and prints out your wall? Yes, yeah, so if, if you take a look at the pictures, if you keep scrolling, you'll see that you can open this box and you will actually get a printout of what's written on your wall. I contacted the designer, Steve Murray, to find out if this was real because I thought this looked like a concept. He says it's a real working device. Inside the box is a, a printer, which is controlled by an Arduino <laughs> microprocessor. Oh, sweet. At the moment, the box had to be connected to a computer as I'm sending information to the Arduino over a serial connection. Hopefully, I'll have it fully working soon. So if for some reason you want your wall to print out, you can do that. So it's Wi-Fi? Well, no, right now it's, it's on a serial port. Oh, it's on a serial port. Right now. Wow, that's cool. Actually, mm -hmm. you made it work on a serial port. And I love Arduino projects like this. Uh, it, it's kind of the, you know, you can either get your wall post via text message uh, so that you know when someone's put something on your wall, or you could have it print up, printed up on thermal paper. And and actually, it doesn't look like thermal paper. On the paper. right side, it's a little just, filing area. It's like a receipt printer. You can go ahead and put it and file it away. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's totally later. Yeah. Honestly, as imagined by receipts. Totally ridiculous. Ooh. Totally awesome. Mm -hmm. I love it. I, I kind of love and it, thanks, too. Steve, for writing back. All right, on to the calendar. Hub, <laughs> Hub Schlafly, a TV engineer who helped invent the teleprompter, died. He was 91. We've had a lot of inventors dying recently. I guess it's just, you know, they come in threes. Yeah. So we'll see who's next. I have enjoyed uh, the use of a teleprompter over the years. Not yes. on this show, but on yeah. previous shows. So. I, I, I lost my spot. Hold on. <laughs> yes, I, I have two. I... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Did I, I just totally kill I, the room with that? I, I never, I never. Up, no, it's just we're not, up. we're thrown off now. I never use one. No, this oh. is my line. Sorry, stepped on it. <laughs> uh, we talked yesterday, Darren Kitchen was very excited about the uh, cloud girlfriend service that would be launching that would help you pretend that you had a girlfriend that on was Facebook. The idea. And fool all of your friends to seem, you know, more desirable. Uh, but it, uh, it has launched and now it's actually just a dating site that uses avatars rather than, you know, actual pictures of yourself. So wait, instead it's of putting a up a fake picture of yourself, you just make an avatar that's better looking than yourself. Kind of. Okay. That's the idea, right? So cloud girlfriend, not really about girlfriends, unless you're a guy using the service and you might want a girlfriend. Verizon, you get a real one. Just <laughs> be clear. Your real girlfriend would probably not still be very one. upset about you using the cloud girlfriend dating site. Verizon has officially announced the HTC Droid Incredible 2. It'll be available April 28th, and it'll be $200. The Nexus S 4G launch on Sprint is now official May 8th, $200. And on May 31st, <clears throat> this is actually this is a story that really hits close to home. Friendster, my very first social network, is going to wipe out all of my photos, my blogs, my comments, and my groups. If I had actually still been a Friendster member, this would really break me up. But it'll keep all of your accounts alive along with your friends list and game details and profile info because the company that bought Friendster still wants all that information cool, so about you, you when they pivot. Yeah, you can still log in and look at nothing that you That's have. That's right. Yeah, that but all, sounds all like of fun. the content that might mean something to yeah. you, that'll be wiped out. <laughs> your personal information will stay. Well, you can export all your stuff still. If yes. If for some reason you're watching this show and you're still on There is an export on tool. Have yes. you looked at Friendster lately? 
It's got like weird no, that's why illustrations going out of business. Yes. My last uh my last activity stream is from January of this year. That's Did you creepy. Have Twitter to do it or something? <laughs> Was it uh, you? Uh Mark my friend Mark <laughs> is now friends with Christopher. Oh, and then my, my last one before that was April of 2010. Roger Chang, now friends with Mauricio Balvanera. Mauricio's on Friendster, and now we've outed him. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's the picture I put in there? Okay, yeah. They Don't you want it, they though? They can delete that. That's fine. <laughs> you know, I tried to... <laughs> no, I want to know. <laughs> I actually tried to log into my Friendster profile not some time ago, because I thought, what was my very first profile picture? I don't... I mean, this was a long time ago. This is, what, 2003 or something like that? And I couldn't remember my password, and I don't know. It was kind of sad. Yeah, I can't believe I remembered. My, my the story doesn't end well. No, it doesn't. All right, let's go on and uh, get some, some feedback from you folks. On the voicemail line, uh, we have a caller who called 260TNT Show and left the following message. Hey, guys. Uh, about Portal 2 on Monday's show, uh, Tom mentioned using the Steam code to play on the PC uh, while the PlayStation Network is down. Uh, but unfortunately, those of us who bought the game after the outage started are locked out. The code from the box doesn't become valid until you link your PSN and your Steam account. So uh, my bright idea to trade in some old Xbox games to effectively get the PC version uh, did not work out. Just a heads up for uh, anyone else with the same idea. Love the show. Yes, this was an example of pure chauvinism on my part because I got my PlayStation 3 uh, Steam account connected before the PlayStation Network went down. And I forgot that, and, and I, we did mention the fact that you do have to do, do one first before the other, but we got like a half a dozen voicemails from people saying the same thing. Well, they could go outside. It's nice out. Oh, yeah. That is not going to help you play Portal 2, I no. That is insensitive. <laughs> I want you to apologize. I'm yeah. sorry, Why Portal 2 people. Out? Why don't you just go outside? <laughs> That's <not> rude. <laughs> what, you mean, you mean take your TV and go outside? Is that what you meant? Yes. Take your TV exactly. and, your... and deal with the glare. Where's Wait. the plug? Yeah, there's no... Portal guns aren't real. You're not helping How am I going to get outside? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not feeding this monster. <laughs> All right, let's move on to email. All right, first email from Russ, uh, who says, As a BlackBerry owner, I'm wondering about your reaction to this new tab at the playbook and your opinion regarding whether AT&T will allow no-charge bridging to it. Ah, uh, yes. Well, as far as the no-charge bridging, uh, I think they'll figure it out. BlackBerry has enough weight to throw around, uh, but you might end up with some kind of charge. Maybe you'll have to pay extra to get the bridge uh, software from, from AT&T. I have no idea. Uh, but if you don't know what's going on, the bridge software is what allows you to connect your BlackBerry phone to your playbook. That's how you get your email, your contacts, your task manager, and a data connection. Uh, and, and so, I don't know, they may end up making a different bridge app that doesn't give you the data connection on AT&T. That'd be really stupid. Uh, as far as the playbook goes, I'd say it's about 50% incredibly awesome and 50% crap. And the 50% crap is because it needs software. The, the device itself is fantastic. Uh, what you can do with multitasking on it is incredible. You can actually have a game or a video playing in a background channel and still control it. Un unlike on the iPhone, like once it's in the background channel and you're flipping through the different things, everything's paused. Uh, it, it doesn't work that way on the playbook. It's true, absolutely true multitasking processes are still going on back there. Uh, it's very responsive. It's very quick to move from screen to screen. The screen looks great. Uh, I think it's I think it's really good for gaming, 
except there's only a couple of games. There's Need for Speed on it, which is fantastic, but there's not that much. There's just not that much in the App World store. I tried to use it to prep for the show. It has a lot of the same problems as the iPad as far as prepping for a show, but it certainly hasn't advanced beyond it. Uh, so it just, it just needs better software. I think it's got a lot of potential. Unfortunately, I think it's dead in the water because of bad press. Because do. I don't think people are going to buy it. Uh, and, and I don't think people are going to deploy it in enterprises at the numbers that is needed to, to have it be a success without being a consumer success. Uh, so, you know, I, I hope what BlackBerry does is take what they've learned from this and come out with a, a playbook two or something like that that uses the same QNX operating system because that would be a shame if they wasted it. You, I mean, when you say crap, couldn't you think of it as, well, it's a little ahead of the ecosystem that will be built around it? or is That it would just, be a much nicer way of putting what I mean. Yes. Well, but, but they're two <laughs> different true. things, yeah. right? I mean, one well, is this is a crap experience right. and one is it just needs a few months. It, it, needs, it needs software and I'm, I... I I hesitate to say it just needs a few months because I'm not sure if that software is going to come or yeah. not. We'll see well, if, if enough is... developers pitch in. Because mm -hmm. it's not just that it needs an email client. I believe it's going to get an email client. But is it going to be a really good one? Are there going to be enough competition to create really good apps that can take advantage of the BlackBerry or of, of the QNX OS underneath there? I, see, I, and that's what it needs, and I don't know if it's going to get I'm surprised better. you said it was like dead in the water out there. I would think that because BlackBerry's got such loyalty, I mean, people who use BlackBerrys will fight you tooth and nail about BlackBerrys, even if it's like a 10-year-old BlackBerry. So I would assume that some of that loyalty actually comes to the playbook, and they will wait for it to get good because... That's why like you got 50,000 in the channel. The hardware's pretty good. I did play with it myself. Yeah, I was like, this is amazing. good, but it's, just, it's missing software, and it's going to get there. All right, uh, on to our second email. Uh, actually, we got a couple emails representative of people we asked to tell us if their Google voicemail integration with Sprint was having problems. We got both kinds of responses. For instance, Justin says he's a Sprint customer in Fort Myers, Florida, uh, and after making his Sprint number into a Google voice number, he hasn't had any issues. Uh, he says, just make sure to edit the Sprint line phone and make sure it's set to receive calls and text messages. For those of you reading, a shout out to all my fellow Original Palm pre-users. What up? Uh, so there you go. The people who are having problems, like Brian, who wrote in and said, hey, you know what? I, I set up this on my Evo last week and I've been having the same problem. My phone doesn't ring when someone calls. I also haven't been getting Google Voice missed call notifications on my phone. Uh, I sent the feedback to Google as they provided a feedback link uh, but he, he, you know, he's still having the problems. Maybe what Justin is saying can help you out. Uh, so, so give it a shot. I don't know if that's going to solve all the problems, but I hope Sprint can figure this out too, because it's a pretty cool idea to have Google Voice take over as your as your main phone number. Yeah, I've been trying using using Google Voice just in, in any other system. I didn't have Sprint when when this was going on, and I've run into these problems anyway. I mean, I think this is a Google Voice issue, not really a Sprint issue. I think it might be an, uh, an interface issue if Justin's right, though. He says make sure to edit the Sprint line phone and make sure it's set to receive calls and text messages. Yeah, I mean, if that's some buried option that's really... Or you have to go to your Google Voice page and right. do it. and then you got to go into your settings, which is it's kind of... Just to do that, it's actually kind of a pain. Yeah. Google Voice settings can be a little muddled. Mm -hmm. I, it took me a... I kept it's getting text nice. messages after I even stopped forwarding um, certain, because I have Google Voice numbers for other shows on, on Twit. And it took me a while to figure out how to just stop getting the text me message notifications that yeah. I was getting phone calls that were going somewhere else. So. so it seems like that's what the trouble is. It's not that the service itself doesn't work. It's that there's some, some customer support that needs to happen, exactly. uh, either from Google or Sprint. But Sprint's the one that should provide it, even if it is a Google Voice issue, because that's who you call for your phone. Also, Google's just not very good at, at like, calling. 
for customer support. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. You can find us on the web at twit.tv slash TNT. You can call us 260-TNT-SHOW, or you can send us an email to TNT at twit.tv and tell us things about stuff that you heard on the show or not. We don't care. Just, you know, say how your day is. Write us a note, poem. Maybe send us an illustration because I have to read a picture I asked. Haiku. Yeah. Please. Please haikus. Send them now. Send your haikus in. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> see you tomorrow. <laughs>